You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStarTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts, like this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, The Mind Robbers Versus, where we pick a show we love and talk about it episode by episode. Currently, we're covering Batman the Animated Series, and our uh, flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. If you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email those to us at podcast at MindRobber.net. And if you want to start a discussion, add it to the comments. So everyone can know what you're thinking and let people know that you listen and that they should be listening to, especially if they if they're listening, if they're watching New Who. Uh, if you're a Doctor Who fan, there's no reason you shouldn't be uh, listening to this. Also, uh, I mean, you know, uh, let's face it. I don't know that many people who like Doctor Who who don't have like half a dozen friends that also like it. So. Uh, bring your community of friends into the show because you know uh, we could use the uptick in the listenership. Let's be yeah. honest. And we, and we uh, every, all plus ones invited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so a bit of warning. Uh, two bits of warning. One, obviously, we're we're into New Who. We're talking the bells of Saint John today. Um, New Who has begun. It has come back to television. Uh, so we're talking about the latest episode. And it should be noted that uh, we will be talking about this in full spoilers. So if you haven't seen the episode, you don't want to listen to this because uh, we are going to spoil it for you. So there's that. Uh, Two, also, and this is something that I think we should do now in the New Who episode specifically. Um, This is a bit of warning that we both love Doctor Who as a thing, so much so that sometimes we can be hypercritical of things. And it's not, we're not being critical because we hate the show and that we shouldn't be watching because we hate the show. We love the show. Doctor Who is collectively our favorite thing in the universe. There's nothing out there that we love more than Doctor Who. But sometimes it has missteps. And some, so it, when those missteps happen, we are going to be critical of them. We're not going to just gush for an hour about something. We are going to take it apart. We are going to actually do a legitimate review of these episodes. So if that's not something that you're prepared for, please don't listen because you're just going to get pissed off and leave a bad review as if our podcast is bad because we don't share the same opinion as you. So please, Ouch. please don't do that. That's all I'm saying. Please don't do that. Um, we had that a lot in previous uh, sessions of New Who, and quite frankly, I'm tired of it. So please don't do that. Um, that's all. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Just don't do that. Um, we're allowed to not like a thing if we don't like a thing. 
It's okay. Uh, that being said, I am going. I'm going to try really hard to have positive things to say about stuff that I don't like. <laughs> uh, so yeah, compromise. Hey. <laughs> I, I have a feeling I know where you stand on this episode just a little bit. Uh. <laughs> uh, so overall thoughts on the Bells of St. John, um, the introduction of proper – the proper introduction of, of, of Clara Oswald, um, our new companion, and uh, played by Jenna Louise Coleman. Um, overall thoughts. Okay. Here's, here's what I'll say about my overall thoughts because I have lots of – Lots of lots of lots of notes about this. Um, but overall thoughts on the Bells of St. John is I have said in the past with some uh, Stephen Moffat episodes, I was like, oh, it was basically a Stephen Moffat's greatest hits. I am sorry for ever saying that because <laughs> holy crap, this Never before has there been an episode of Doctor Who that has been more of Stephen Moffat's greatest hits than The Bells of St. John. Like, I'm going to go through the list after the in-stock trade spot, and it is obnoxious. Um, But overall, like, I don't – I think the pacing was weird. Um, I didn't hate it. I don't want to say that I hated it because I didn't. I really didn't hate it. I just – I, I do think I like the snowmen better than this, um, but I didn't hate this. I just – I felt like we weren't really being given anything new necessarily, and I don't I, – I do think the pacing was weird. Like I don't think there was enough story here for 45 minutes, um, and it kind of dragged. Uh, and – I don't know. Like, I didn't hate this. There, was, there are things that I, I really liked in this, and I'm going to talk about them on the other side of the, of the, of the uh, sponsor spot. But um, I don't know. I, it has a lot of problems. Um, what did you think? Uh, I think I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I can't say that I hated it, but, like, I, at this point, yeah, Moffat's Greatest Hits. It's, like, that – you saying that is absolutely true because I thought a lot – I thought the same thing. Um, <clears throat> but how many times have we said that this is Moffat's greatest hits? Like let's go through the list. Wedding of River Song, uh, Girl mm-hmm. in the Fireplace, mm-hmm. uh, Silence in the Library maybe. Nah, I'll, I won't give him Silence in the Library. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Pandora opens the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. Uh, Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Asylum of the Daleks. And uh, Angels Take Manhattan and hell, let's go with um, uh, 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 not Christmas Carol, the widow, Dr. Widow Wardrobe and the yeah. Snowman. Yeah. Well, but 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 I think the thing, too, is like I think all of that's true. Those are like greatest hits albums. And then this is like the greatest hits ultimate collection. Um, like it's obnoxious. And I like I'm going to go through all of the beats like as soon as we get back. Sure. Uh, sure. But it's it's ridiculous. Well, my thing, the, the reason I bring all that up is because I'm not even mad about the Moffat era anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not even mad. I'm just bored. Um, yes, absolutely. Like, Agree 100%. I, point, and I know that everyone's going to say, then don't watch. And it's like, no, this is my favorite show. I'm going to watch because you and I, and we, you and I discussed it numerous times. We said it to numerous people and we were all, we were very true. We were very right about this. I'm very excited whenever the show comes back. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. But I'm just like, I'm just 
bored. Like, I'm just really bored with just seeing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, like, not done – always done less good. Always mm-hmm. done with less creativity. Uh, always it's always like, a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah, and it's and that's not – that's not – that's not good. Um, mm-hmm. and, but it's and, specifically – I think it's specifically now uh, Stephen Moffat episodes are the ones that aren't – aren't that good. Like yeah. I'm actually really excited about next week's episode because it's a brand new writer that's never written on the show before. And that mm-hmm. preview looked really good. Um, yeah. uh, like pure doctor who like almost Davies era, doctor who stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really excited about that. So it's not necessarily even the era. I think I'm just done with Moffat being showrunner. Yeah, and, no. and you're right. It's not because it's not because I hate anything that's going on. I'm just bored. You're right. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, because because I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, there's nothing. There's just nothing new here. Like, mm-hmm. there's just there's nothing. There's nothing new here. And 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 I do want you to go through all the things, but like, I watched it. Like, I watched it yesterday, and I was really excited. And the first five minutes really let me down. <laughs> like, the teaser really let me down. And then the rest of it was all fine. And then the and then the ending really just pissed me off, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But. Uh, watching it again, like, and and having gone through it all and just being like, well, what about that and that and that? Like, because, you know, we watch these twice. We sleep on it between. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we You know, we watch it on Saturday. We watch it again on Sunday. And we record on Sunday. Yeah, That's we watch our- it. We watch it as fans first and critics second. That's always yeah. how we watch it. Mm-hmm. So I find that I, I liked it and hated it more the first time. And then and normally, like. Normally, I'm just, you know, you, you polarize. And, and real the real polarizing for me is just like, I'm just so just i'm just bored i'm like i'm mm-hmm. just bored at this point and it's like uh, my question that i want to deal with and throw out before we start talking about spoilers is just like the people who really love doctor who right now like look at ian levine okay looking at mm-hmm. ian levine as a great example ian levine super ha- super fan of doctor who at ian levine my favorite person in the world who is like a doctor who fan for life just my favorite person he called the episode middling Okay, this is a guy who said that the Wedding of River song was the best episode since uh, Dalek's Master Plan episode twelve. Really? Like, yeah. like when you have Ian Levine, who is really just big on just, and I, and I know this is a family friendly podcast, just like wanting to be Moffat's special friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you have that guy saying that your episode is not his best work. Hmm. You have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a real, real problem. Mm-hmm. And like, and then you look at someone like Caroline Skinner. And I looked up just Caroline Skinner. I don't follow her on Twitter, but I looked up her Twitter feed because you know the show that she's been working on for the past like eighteen months or however long it's been. She just she uh, you know you you say hey look at this thing I did. She has not tweeted since before she quit as executive producer of Doctor Who. Wow. So she's done. Yeah. Like and and done like done from the perspective of just like she doesn't care. She's, she she did her job. She walked away. Yeah. So like this is this is the, these are the people you're dealing with, and you're dealing with a guy who's in charge who is just really bored by everything. Who's the only guy he can find something who can find interest in anything are his generic ideas or not generic ideas, really neat ideas. And mm-hmm. the problem with an idea is once you've exhausted that idea's potential, you're done with the idea and you move on. Which mm-hmm. is emblematic of a scene I'll talk about as we go through. But um, 
And uh, before we talk about it and, and go through all the spoilers, uh, we want to we want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase uh, paperbacks, hardcovers, omnibus, absolute editions, collections uh, at thirty five to forty five percent off, plus new release specials at fifty percent off every week. And you remember, of course, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. Get some uh, Doctor Who comics. There's a lot out right now. Uh, oh yeah, tons. By IDW. Uh, it's the fiftieth anniversary. Celebrate. Packet full of Omnibu. Uh, your order and thanks to InStockTrades.com. Absolutely. Okay, so let's uh, since we we've already talked about it, let's not bury the lead. Uh, let's 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 go ahead and give the list of greatest hits that of of Moffat's greatest hits that are in this episode, starting right from the top. <laughs> starting right from the top. Uh, the opening teaser being a video of someone talking directly into the camera, telling you to not do something. Uh, this was done in Blink. Uh, it was don't blink. This time it's don't click. It's exactly the same. And and let's just talk about the teaser and how it really doesn't mean anything. Because mm-hmm. until you figure out that these people are inside the computer and that's why they don't know where they are, that teaser does not play like that at all. And I have no idea what it means. I'm like, oh, they're watching these people? Okay, that's – all right. I guess that's weird. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. Like I didn't know what I was looking at. Yeah. T- the teaser just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and okay, so the title of the episode being the Bells of St. John is clever because I I don't know how I didn't pick up on that. Did you pick up on that? Uh not until not until um they walked up to the they walked up to the TARDIS and they got the phone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. so yeah, no. I that I was like, "Wow, what a great title because I totally did not see that." Um and and it it's it's nice because it's not referencing what's going on with the Wi-Fi. It's referencing uh, uh, it's referencing specifically the relationship between the doctor and Clara, which is great. Um, which is, you know, arguably the supposed to be the focus of this. Um, which is why I, I'm not going to be that hard on the, uh, the villainous plot of the episode. Um, much like I'm not that hard on the Prisoner Zero story of, uh, 11th Hour. You know, because it's supposed sure. to be sort of the same thing. It's a weak thing, but it, that's not the point of it. The point of it is him meeting the new companion, which is fine. Um, but with the Bells of St. John, Bells of St. John comes from the fact that the phone in the TARDIS is ringing. He's done that before. He did it in his first episode ever. <laughs> ten minutes into the first episode he ever wrote. Yeah, ten minutes into the first episode he ever wrote, the phone in the TARDIS rings. So he's just reusing that again. Um uh, let's see. So the, the, yeah, he's done the ringing TARDIS phone before he's done, uh, book characters becoming real. He's done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, he did that in Pandorica. Uh, he's done the spinning head with dual faces before he, he did that in the beast below. It's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done saving people in the faces of a thing before he, Donna Noble has been saved. He did that in silence of the library. Um, let's see. What else? What else? He's done, uh, the doctor doing crazy internet hacking. That makes no sense where he's just tapping, tapping, tapping away at a computer and hacking into the internet, which is not really a thing you can do because the internet's not a thing you can hack into. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so he, he's done that before. Uh, what else? Uh, robotic doctor double done that before very recently. In fact, um, let's see, uh, anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. 
Um, <laughs> oh, oh, repetitive phrases. Um, that's a that's just a staple of the Moffat era is the repetitive phrases. He likes having he he likes having a phrase like a seemingly normal phrase that he makes creepy. Um, going back to the Donald no- Noble has been saved like that. They just repeat it over there. Or hey, who turned out the lights? Hey, who turned out the lights? Um, in this, it's uh, it's uh, I don't know where I am. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I am. Because mm-hmm. uh, he thinks that repetitive phrases, I guess, are creepy, and they used to be. But now I'm just like, oh, okay. So you're just what are you just throwing a dart at repetitive phrases and and just using that and making mm-hmm. it creepy? Like it's the same thing over and over again. Okay, so I said all those things. That's like six to eight things, I think. Yeah, all of which he's done before. That's not like. Did he even have to write this, or did he just cut and paste a bunch of other scripts into something that kind of made sense? Yeah, I don't I don't like I feel like he cut and pasted a bunch of his other scripts into an outline and then wrote that. Yeah, that's really what I think happened here, because it's it's so blatantly ripped off from everything that he's done before. Like, there's no arguing that that's not the case. Like, this is just Moffat repeating himself. That's mm-hmm. all this is. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Come on, you guys. Yeah, it's Come just, on. It's, it's less than, it just, it leaves a lot to be desired. Because I yeah. noticed, I noticed basically everything that you'd said too, um, uh, except for the, I think the kid coming out of the book, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is a whole source of aggravation because a bunch of people have pointed out online that it's written by Amelia Williams and I'm like, wow, we really can't escape the pawns, can we? We Mm-mm. really. No, and they're releasing that book as an ebook. Uh, great. I'm sure it's a great book um, that has everything to do with Doctor Who. I'm sure yeah. it's really, really fantastic. Oh, also oh. also the epic reintroduction of the Doctor in a season premiere. Yeah, epic reintroduction of the Doctor and a needless time jump. Uh, yep. Cumbria 12.07. Like, you're just like, really? We've... We've done that in like everything. Like every Moffat story now just has the doctor in a, in a, in a location for mm-hmm. no point. Uh, also, someone on the phone, which was <clears throat> which was that. Like it's just it's 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 uh, it's aggravating. And also, none of those points, none of those bring up like motifs that he's or or, or callbacks that he's doing, which include fezes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jammy Dodgers for no reason. For no reason. Well, to be fair, <laughs> Jammy Dodger thing. I love that he bit it and then waved his hand around like he was eating gourmet food. But that's a Matt. That's a Matt Smith bit, not a yeah. not a scripting bit. Yeah. Um, but which, I did I mean, like that. I which, it amused me. <laughs> people, people like ah oh God. People like the Jammy Dodger thing. I've never been a fan of that. Like when that happened in um, Victory of the Daleks. I was just people were like, is this going to be the new blank? And I was just like. No, why would it do that? It was a funny throwaway gag, and it's now become just like a staple. And I'm like, guys, mm-hmm. that was like two and a half seasons ago, which mm-hmm. really at this point was about three years ago. Um, well, so let's... so is things being cool, and they keep bringing oh, that back. God. Yes. Okay, but let's. Uh... And that's that's Moffat's sitcom background. I mean, that's just that's the kind of writer he is. Um, and it's it's just. Oh, uh, also people being randomly possessed um which is also a uh oh uh, right a hinchcliffe holmes thing um oh oh like- oh i forgot about that that's another thing too uh uh the uh uh oh everybody lives moment done that before <laughs> the everybody lives moment um and then i the 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 uh oh where is it uh uh the i forget exactly the phrasing of it but it's it's the um it's the um uh it, oh subconscious imagery Yes. Where, where, where the, it, the, the thing, the monster steals a thought of yours 
and then creates itself in the image of your subconscious so that you uh, don't get freaked out by it, just like mm-hmm. in 11th Hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, like, literally, I just keep finding more things. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, it's just, uh, that's, the, that's the thing. And it's, and it's clear. Like, it's one of those things where it's really funny to me and ironic. And I guess that this is going way too thematic, way too quickly. But this whole story is about, like, the dangers of the internet, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Except not really. But, you know, there's a point to be made that he makes a really good point of, of at least bringing up without exploring because it's a Moffat story. Um... I'm sounding so snooty right now. I apologize. Um, <laughs> where he, uh, where the, the part of the problem with the internet is that it is really invasive to privacy. It's very much a uh, you could argue if you went really batty, um, just like a, a the the progressing of us going into a police state where you know where everyone knows where everyone is at any point in time, and you can if you know that someone's not somewhere, then you can rob their house if that if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and Moffat's warning about that. This is all about. There's a lot of voyeurism in this. There's a lot of um of saying of figuring out where someone where people are based on their internet footprint and the problem is that Moffat is lambasting the internet in this and at the same time doing ridiculously internet pandery things like the fez and the jammy dodger like mm-hmm. which which is just like such a tonal disconnect where it's like hang on why like like you're re- like it's really just kind of like biting the hand that feeds you while also massaging at the same time like mm-hmm. it's just Real, like it's just really weird in a disconnect. Um, uh, it just doesn't. It just doesn't play. Like it just doesn't play for me. Because um, I think that there is something to be said about the lack of privacy in the world and the lack, or the, specifically the lack of care that people give to privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't do anything with it. Like mm-hmm. because why would he? Um, there's no room to slow down at all. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a. I mean, it's just a, a bummer waste of time. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I hate how computer dumb Clara is in this at the beginning. I hate it. <laughs> I like, she doesn't even know, like, like it, like literally she puts in the wrong type password and then she has no idea what to do. <laughs> and it's like, you hit, okay, you delete the last digit and then you type three and hit enter again. Like, seriously, yeah, you're that, that was- dumb. That was that was a major idiot plot note. That like the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, that doesn't that doesn't really play. And then the second time, I was like, that really doesn't play. Yeah. Like like not only that, like clicks on the wrong internet Wi-Fi for no reason. Yeah. Like, just because you need the peril. Yeah. For the for the episode, and it's like and it's like not only that, and, but and what's so silly about it is that you could easily fix that easily. All you have to do is say that the alien Wi-Fi thing deletes other wi-fis in the area so it's the only option that's it mm-hmm. that's all it would take one line of dialogue that's it yeah you're done you explained it she clicks on it because it's the only option that's fine like yeah. i like i don't understand why you have to have her have your companion be an idiot yeah it, it's really not a great start for her um, and no. what the best part is, like, I'm willing to forgive that. There's other things that Moffat does about her that I'm not willing to forgive, but I'll save that for another couple minutes. Um, and not only that, but, like, looking at the Moffat, like, this this Moffat teaser that he keeps doing, um, and he kind of, I guess, started it with um, uh, Wedding of River Song and then moved into uh, Angels Take Manhattan, where this, the teaser is just like a literal teaser of what's to come. 
it's so much more interesting if you don't have that teaser. Mm-hmm. Like it is so much more infinitely entertaining and engaging if all of a sudden you see this this Wi-Fi, which by the way, that Wi-Fi looks a whole lot like Galactic Imperial Senate writing from Star Wars. Um Doesn't but it? <laughs> it really does. It really does. Um Or it looks uh, like that the the symbols that appear over over the world in Chew. Oh yes, uh, yeah. the, the alien, the alien world. Yeah, yeah, it's the cool. alien. It's cool. Yeah, symbols. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's much more interesting if like Claire clicks that Wi-Fi. She kind of feels something in her head, shakes it off, and then you see her on a computer screen, and suddenly you pull out, and there's this massive conglomeration of people mm-hmm. who are stealing people. Like that's that's how is that not more interesting? How is and that what, not inherently more dramatic? Yeah, and not only that, like how much money do you save? By not having the teaser. Like, mm-hmm. we have the same issue with Angels, where it's just like, you just have the Angels, like, you, you the guy plays through the whole thing. You're paying an actor, you're paying for a whole lot of extra shooting. This, mm-hmm. there's tons of coverage on all of the, all of the cross-cutting montages of this. Montages are ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're, ridiculous. I guarantee you, they had to hire an entire, like, third unit production team to, to shoot that teaser. Mm-hmm. Which because it doesn't have cheap. any of the main actors, so like, why would they have the 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 lead director and lead production team shoot that? They wouldn't. They would get a secondary production team to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's it just doesn't accomplish anything. And before you even started, I don't care. Like, yeah. I just I I don't I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. and that's dumb. Uh, it's just it's just a waste. It's just a yeah. colossal waste of time. I'm also I'm so sick of them saying Doctor Who now. <laughs> especially because it's like because it's like the doctor like is enjoying it. i'm like well what am i supposed to think yeah like, what am i getting out of? like i don't i don't understand what like what are you saying like what does he like about someone saying do- the phrase doctor who like yeah, I, I, other than other than him metatextually saying he really likes the name of his own show yeah which I I say it all the time. I don't get that much of a kick out of it. Like, yeah, like it's just and and if if that's the thing, if it's a meta problem, then uh, then uh, what a what a raging egotist! Like, mm-hmm. what a raging egotist! Far beyond the raging egotism of the tw- of the tenth Doctor to a point where I just don't like him. Um, mm-hmm. and that's it's, it's, it's dumb. Um, okay, uh, can we can we uh, can we? Before we get into like any more, I guess complaining. Should we talk about yes. things we liked? Let's do that. No, 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 go, 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 go. Oh, go. go okay, go. um, okay. So things I like. I really like the hacking brains concept. I think that was really interesting. I like that a lot. Um, yes. with the with the little the 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 uh, whatever the little uh, what are those called? Um. The things that you move up and down. I don't know what those are called. I forget what they're called. Oh, the slider. It's like Yeah, a the little slider thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love yeah. that. I think that's really I think that's really cool. Um I really like that idea. I think it's the most original idea in here by a mile. Um <laughs> really love the TARDIS landing on a plane. Yes. Um I think that was really cool. Uh I will say the editing was not done very well because you can see the jump cut. Um yes. But like really obviously see the jump cut. I was like, I and and to a point where I'm like, I feel like you probably could have made that a little smoother. Um, maybe. Yes. Uh, but I think that the director who directed this episode, Cole McCarthy and his only Doctor Who. 
Yeah, this is like his first one? Or yeah. first and no, only? No, he doesn't have one coming up either, so... Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I, I feel like he was so interested in doing it in, in quote-unquote one shot, like a single shot thing, that... Uh, I, I I think it hurt the I I think it hurt the effect um, mm. overall, um, but I did really like the TARDIS landing on a plane and and the Doctor having to like to save the plane that was about to crash into him like that's all great like that's just pure awesome Doctor Who time like time travely space travely stuff yes. um, I love that that was great. Yes. And, um, and I and I think well I I mean I I didn't even mind the direction of it I I noticed the jump cuts um because they weren't nearly as like smooth as say something like Serenity um mm-hmm. which which is kind of like the the same sort of uses the same sort of whip pan trick yeah. but I thought that McCarthy's direction on that section was really dynamic and Absolutely. really exciting and, it was and, just that one effect that maybe he sure. could have done a little better sure um but but overall like I actually think throughout the story that his direction was pretty good. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, I really liked the doctor taking tips for breakfast. Um, <laughs> like that just seems like a real that seems like a real Troughton thing to do. Um, and or I, Tom Baker, like or it, Tom it, Baker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really yeah. like that. I like that yes. a lot. Yeah. Um, I really like the anti grav motorbike. I don't know why, because it doesn't <laughs> seem like a thing that I should like, but for some reason I really liked it. Um, it, 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 it just reminded me of like Pertwee and I just, I don't know. I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. and I, <laughs> the little girl old lady I loved almost ironically because <laughs> the actress's embarrassment of having to perform that, that section was palpable. Like <laughs> you could just sell, tell the expression on her face was a mix of acting and a mix of, I can't believe I'm being forced to do this right now, mm-hmm. um, which I really like. And I think the more I see it, the more I really love the new TARDIS interior. Yeah. I, I like it more now than I did in the snowman. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I, and I, I agree the, the, the actress, I forget the character name. Um, I don't know like, if she, does she have a name. Yeah, it was like Miss Mitzley or something. Okay, um, well, not important. It's not like she's ever coming back. Yeah, she's never, she's never coming back. Um, <laughs> I was, I was watching it and watching all of that, and and a lot of the pre hype for this episode was saying that it's the closest to like James Bond or um, uh, uh, Born Identity. Oh, that's right. I do remember hearing that too. Yeah. So weird. I was watching, I was watching her and just looking at her and just like, just like, man, they couldn't get Judy Dench for this. Like, you could just. <laughs> That's Kislet funny. was her name. Uh, oh. I was just like, I was just like, she just reminded me of like a like very much like M in uh, in uh, James Bond or something, which is really kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, that that thing that did not play nearly as well as Moffat wanted it to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a little embarrassing for her. Yeah, I yeah. think. Um, so I liked it ironically. I was just like, especially the. Se- I thought it was weird the first time, and then watching it the second time, I was like, "Oh, you poor thing! You had to do that." <laughs> um, yes, um, I I really love the term snog box. That I I don't know. I I just I, it was really. I just there was something about it that I was like, "That's that makes me smile." I don't know why, but it's just just the phrase snog box just. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it has a good rhythm to it. It does. It does. Yes. It has a very good rhythm to it. Um, who do you think the woman in the shop is? Everyone's saying River Song. I could be on. I'll be honest with you. I really don't care. Well, okay. Fair enough. But 
I'm just saying, I, I think everyone, everyone is saying River Song. I think it would be much more interesting if it was Rose. Sure. Um, especially, did you see that, that Tumblr thing where, yes, I did. okay. Yeah. With the, with the, the, with the prequel and it looked like little Rose was being chased by little, by Mi- little Mickey. Mickey. Yeah. yeah. And, and young Jackie was talking to, uh, uh, Clara's mother. Um, yes. That was, uh, that was, if that was an accident. I was that that's a hell of an accident. <laughs> yeah, it would be a hell of an accident. Um, um but uh and then do you think there's anything to the to the leaf thing? Because here's I, the thing about the leaf thing. Cuz um, like when 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 it when the after the episode aired, like the official Doctor Who like Facebook page and, tar, and and Twitter page were sort of making a big deal and like what do you think the leaf means? And I was like, "Wait, that was supposed to mean something?" So then when I watched it again, I was like Turning over a new leaf? I don't know. Does it mean anything? I couldn't it figure just it felt, out. It just felt like Moffat being way too clever. Like it just it felt like thing. a thematic thing. That's all it felt like to me. Yeah, I just I I, I heard it the first time and I was like, ah, what does that mean? Yeah. Like in a way where it was like not even engaging. Like, ooh, what does that mean? It was just like, what is that? Like, what are yeah. you doing? Like, you're making a really huge leap in logic. And then the second time, I was just like, ah, I don't really. You're just like you're trying for mysteries too hard. Like you're just mm-hmm. trying for mysteries too hard. Um, I agree with you on all the things that you like that were really cool. I like the the setting, the urban nature of it was mm-hmm. really cool because that's um, something the- we haven't seen in a really long time on this yeah. show. Yeah, and it looks just fantastic. McCarthy shot the hell out of London, um, mm-hmm. and the heck out of those those cool, um, mm-hmm. just like just like all the location shooting was really well. Oh, the little guy, the guy, the guy that uh, the doctor saw when he was on the anti graph bike before he takes off and he's talking to him. He's like possessed by the woman. Yes. I loved that guy. Like that. <laughs> that was my favorite part of this was when he was talking to that guy. I was like, why can't he be the bad guy? I love this guy. <laughs> There was just something about like the way he looked and the way he was talking was just awesome. I don't know. I loved it. Yes. No. Yeah. I, I agreed. He he has this really like sort of like just grisly, grungy feel to him that was like, nah. Yeah. But put that guy in a suit. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I like that guy. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, here's my issue okay. with everything you just brought up, uh, and I'll just go right where my problem is with this episode: uh, the plane crash. Uh, or the plane sequence. Um, I thought that that was the most exciting part of this. Everything mm-hmm. from when the lights started going on and off to uh, them stopping the plane. Mm-hmm. My problem with all of that is it's it really just bubbled down the Moffat era down to its core components, which is that Moffat comes up with a lot of great ideas. Like mm-hmm. he, the guy's clearly an idea factory. The mm-hmm. idea of turning the Wi-Fi against people is, you know, a, a decent one and one that's worth exploring. Why not? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have more thoughts on that, but I'll get to those in a minute. Looking at that sequence, it just feels so slight when you go back and watch it where he's just like, where he's just like, I'm going to land the plane. Whoa. Okay. You got this. Let's go. Was everything that I feel about the, the Moffat era. Cause I was watching it the second time and I was just like, you did nothing with this. Like, plane flies congratulations the pilot wakes up all right let's bail like you can't he does nothing with the ideas that he gets like Mm -hmm. it's just like on to the next one and Mm -hmm. that's just problematic to me it's just not engaging like if, if people say that i just generically hate the show don't say that because i'm telling you that to me is not engaging it works really well in the moment when you look back it's like well what happened like what actually happened? The doctor just kind of pulled a lever and the day was saved for a minute. Like, that's 
not good. And and Moffat has all these great ideas beyond that. Like he says, um, Os Oswin or not Oswin. Clara Clara asks the doctor, "Why did we jump forward to breakfast?" And the doctor says, "Because they've took the long way around and they're tired." Mm-hmm. And it's like that's great. He did nothing. That helped them not at all. Like it right. didn't help them not at all. The only thing that you get is a barely throwaway line that I completely missed the first time, where the guy said, "Oh, we that led to a a, a cluster frack earlier, where you know we." Thought we'd spotted the thing, but it turned into a nightmare. Like, that's all you do with a really great idea? And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pro- that's emblematic of what is wrong. Like, mm-hmm. where I disconnect from the show. Because... It's very that, ADD in that way. It's very ADD. And, like... Which is problem- strange because it's not even a well-paced ADD. Because, like, ADD can work if it's, like, frenetic. But there is nothing particularly frenetic about the pacing of this episode. Yeah. It's just so it's like weird. It's just like it, it's almost like a list of like a grocery yeah. list of things. Yeah. And it's and, and I, I'm not interested in watching a list like this is mm-hmm. the introduction of Clara. And I guess I suppose we should talk about her. Um, I'm convinced that Clara is supposed to be the deconstruction of the companion. Because um, I think I think what we're going to look back at the Moffat era as being is like the Amy Pond period. Uh, is sort of a deconstruction of the doctor through the eyes of his companion. Like, you know, you start the first season uh, or season five with, oh, he's, you know, he's like this big, crazy cat in a hat like uh, fairy tale thing. Um, and, and then, you know, eventually she like starts to like lose faith in him and, and, and everything. You sort of see what the doctor seems like to all of his companions. And then now I feel like he's doing the deconstruction of the companion through the doctor. And that's what he's doing now with, uh, Clara. And I feel like, I feel like that's what we're, when, when his, when his run is all said and done, I think that's what we're going to look back at is like he was just deconstructing these two character types, mm-hmm. um, which isn't a bad thing, but I think that's what's going on. I don't know. Sure. And I think that, but the thing is, I can also, I also think that it could be done better if you just took some time and dealt with it. Well, like, I, yeah, it could definitely be done better, but you know, it's, I, it's just what it is, I guess. I, I'm sure. just like, like, like you said, like, like you said at the beginning. I'm, I'm just so beyond like wishing things were better and just, just like accepting it for what it is and just, just waiting for it to be over. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No. I, uh, agreed. Um, but I think that like looking at Clara, um, I don't mind any of the things that Moffat's doing with her. More mm-hmm. than more than not. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at her and just saying she's a nanny. Okay, that's fine. She's a computer whiz suddenly. Okay, that's fine. Um, she's really flirty. Ah, fine. Okay, fair enough. Um, she She's taken in by the wonder. Okay, well, fair enough. Here's where I have a fundamental disconnect with this character. Um, this is her third appearance. Mm-hmm. She previously appeared in Asylum of the Daleks when we started this whole mystery thing. She then appeared in The Snowmen, where we continued the mystery thing. And at the end of The Snowmen, she is killed and we haven't met her yet. At the end of this episode, and I'm sorry to yell, but at the end of this episode, she's still not a companion. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, are you freaking kidding me? Mm-hmm. At the end of well, this, like, he's like, she's like, come back tomorrow. And I get that. I get that. 
But like you also had a three minute teaser that you easily could have had the doctor come back for a week and said, please do this. And instead you just ask, well, now we're going to find out who you are. Are you really? Because I don't think she said she was going to get in your magic box, box, madman. I don't think she said that. I think she said I'm playing hard to get. And like mm-hmm. at this point, I just don't care. Like I just I don't care when I got to the end of it. And it's like you have the companion introduction story and she's still not a companion. That was the worst companion introduction since Dr. Grace Holloway. All right. <laughs> and I know that we've had a lot of great introductions since then, but Grace Holloway did exactly the same thing in the eighth doctor mm-hmm. movie. Exactly the same thing. And I, and we get to the end and I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? Why? Right. Like, and there's no reason for it. Well, there's no, no, reason no, there it. is a reason. The reason is that, like I said, she's a deconstruction of the companion. So she's going to do the opposite of what every companion has done before her. Because sure. Grace Holloway isn't a companion. And I'm not convinced if that show had gotten picked up and had gone forward as a series um, with Paul McGann as a doctor. I'm not convinced he would have had a companion. I think that that movie was indicative of what that show would have been, which is the doctor going from adventure to adventure by himself and meeting new people in every episode. That's what I sure. think that show was going to be. But – Regardless of that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this. And so she's not a companion at the end of this. She's playing hard to get because no other companion has ever done that before. And that's what he's doing. He's doing the antithesis companion. Uh, sure. So I get it. So then that's the reason. And like you might not like that. And I don't I don't particularly care either way. But that's what he's doing. And uh, so there's a, at least a reason for it. Sure. I think. Sure. That said, you're talking to a guy who really, really wants to like this girl, Mm -hmm. really wants to like this girl. And I have completely checked out because I'm done with being jerked around. I'm sorry. I'm just done with being jerked around. I don't. But see, I don't feel like we're being jerked around. I don't know. I don't I don't feel like we're being jerked around because I'm not I'm. I guess I'm ignoring the whole she's been dead thing. Like, I just don't – I don't care about that. Like, it doesn't matter because whatever the the resolution of that ends up being, it's just going to be some stupid Stephen Moffat-y, timey-wimey whatever. And I don't I don't care because I already know I'm going to be disappointed and hate it. So I'm just looking at her, her as a as a character and as a personality uh, against Matt. Like – Yes, she's absolutely going to go travel with the Doctor. We know that. We saw the preview for the next episode. So, like, I just, I don't, I, I don't care that she says, you know, come get me because I know that, or, or to check with me tomorrow because I know obviously she's going to go with him tomorrow. And it's, it's what it is. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, I, I just, I, I understand that Moffat's just trying to do something different. And, and at the end of the day, he doesn't do that many things differently. So I'm going to give him a pat on the head when he does it. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about her. Cause like, I don't care about the, we've met her twice before and she died both times. Like, I don't care because the resolution of that is going to be dumb and I'm going to hate it and whatever. So I'm just trying to close my eyes and ignore it and just deal specifically with the relationship and interaction of her character and the doctor and just just focus on that and i do like their relationship and that's what i'm going to choose to focus on sure and i and i like all that too and i don't care about how she's dead either i'm just saying like i feel like i feel like it's he's making me work a lot harder than he should be making me work like which is my problem specifically um but how is he making you work, I guess, is what I'm confused about. Like, what is he doing that's making you work for something? Because he's just like, he's just keeps 
handing like he keeps like hand like putting out bird feed in his hand and then saying you want it and he's bringing it to me and then he just keeps pulling it away <laughs> and i'm just like i'm just like give me the give me the fucking bird seed like just <laughs> like it's what what joy are you getting out of it like and i'm fine with someone saying i don't want to be a companion yet mickey smith did the same thing mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that clara can't come around at the end i'm just saying that you have the introduction and at the end, like, you don't even see the Doctor fighting. You literally see what Moffat's interested in, which is, who is this girl? Which is a plot answer, which I don't care about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just, I I know that I'm being, like, I know that I'm probably wrong about this. I know that no one probably thought the same thing as I did. I'm just saying, I got to the end of it both times, and I'm just impossibly frustrated that he's still not just like, I don't even need the whole handful. Just give me a little bit. And he's not even giving me a little bit. <laughs> And it's really frustrating, like really frustrating beyond what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's dumb. It's really dumb. Um, <laughs> and and like and like just counter like it's just counterintuitive. Like mm-hmm. it's just counter. It's just I just uh, just do something with it. Like just do something. Uh, frustrating. Um, All right. So <laughs> so uh, the one th- other thing I'll mention that I really liked. Is when when uh, the, Matt Smith plays a spoonhead. It, if you watch it the second time, it's clear that he's a spoonhead, um, mm-hmm. which is, re- I mean, really difficult to do, and just tells you that uh, my problem is not that he's a bad actor because he's clearly not a bad actor. Oh no, he's, he's a fun, he's a great actor. He's a really great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I even liked his acting, and this was just such a simple thing. But when his head is turning around, I just love his acting when his head is turning around. Sure, like you look at his face and the way his eyes are, like just sort of like staring at you as his face turns around. Like it it adds a level of creepiness, um, yeah. which I think is good. Yes, yeah. uh, and, and I agree. I think that I mean, like he is really good, and he would be my favorite doctor if he wasn't just you know. Jerked or jerking around so much. Um, yeah. <clears throat> which is a problem. Um, Final bit, uh, great intelligence. Uh, didn't see that coming. Uh, <laughs> me neither. Uh, that was, I was like, oh, this again, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, so I guess great intelligence is the, uh, the, the big bad of this portion of the season, I guess. Sure. I'm yeah. wondering, I wonder if he doesn't have something to do with uh, uh, this whole stupid Clara plot line. I'm 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 gonna go out there and say that if it's if the great intelligence has nothing to do with the Clara storyline, then I must have completely misjudged it because when I when because I think that like at a certain point when I was watching the Snowmen and I don't know if I mentioned this but there was a moment I had like this moment of clarity and I can't get it back where I was just like where I was just like oh so the great intelligence did this and then Clara did this and then this is how Oswin and uh, Snowman Clara exist. Like, and it was all based around the great intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, so seeing it again, it's like, okay, well, this is clearly what this is. Like, that's clearly what he's doing. Um, and I would say, and I would, I, I know that I probably sound like an idiot for saying clearly, but you know, the last time that I said Moffat wouldn't do that because it's so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it yeah. really blew up in my face. Apparently we can just pick the obvious thing because that's what he's yeah. going to do. Well, Moffat can fool me for 45 or, minutes and no longer. Or, or pull something out of the 11th hour, uh, not the episode, I mean the actual 11th hour, uh, and, and just make that be the thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, it's either one of the two things. Uh, so, hey, guys, guys, remember that time the doctor was killed? LOL, JK. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so I, you know, I just, 
like I didn't hate this. I just thought it was really like just this weird, silly collection of great of Moffat greatest hits with a very slim plot to lace them all together. It was it was weird. Mm-hmm. Also, um, the one other thing that I'll, I'll mention as my final bit is, and this is this is a thing that, uh, fine, he didn't he didn't realize this. Uh, doing stories about technology is really risky, um, especially when you make them current because technology does not age well. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, looking at this, and they're talking about well, first of all, Moffat is hilarious in his luddatism or his ludditeness um, because they're like, who's on Twitter? Bebo, MySpace. You're just like, buddy. It is 2013. Yeah. Have some self-respect. Like, just have some <laughs> respect. Like, just just know your audience. A, B, it just reminds me of something like uh, the Buffy episode, uh, <laughs> I, Robot, You, Jane. Yeah. Where, you know, it looks fine now, but, you know, in 10 years, this is going to be looked at and just be like, ooh. Like, regardless of how this whole Clara <laughs> thing shakes out, regardless of, like, they're going to look at the character things and be fine, but they're going to they're gonna look at the Wi-Fi stuff and just be like, Ooh, ah, we are so beyond that. Yeah. Um, and that lack of forward thinking is really Well, but at the same time, I don't know. That works for me for Doctor Who because it, it's supposed to be of its time. So sure. like when, when stuff ages badly with Doctor Who, I don't, I don't mind it because I think it works sure. for the show. And, um, and whereas on Buffy, even... it doesn't necessarily work so well. See, I don't even mind it on Buffy. It's just one of those things where you've got to be aware. I mean, we talked about, um, uh, I mean, just, just this week on um on a on a Batman versus uh, Mind Arms versus Batman, we talked about the Riddler's VR machine, and right. that that didn't age well. Right. Like, and I know that that was twenty years ago, but like, you just look at it, and it's so like it's something like Batman is so timeless as a show, mm-hmm. and yet you do something like that, and it just completely removes you from the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Who does that too, and Buffy did that too. I don't mind it dating. I'm just like I'm just like I really don't think Moffat thought that through. I don't think he did because mm-hmm. he mentioned myspace like yeah he dated it like as when he wrote the script it was already yeah. dated it's weird yeah. yeah well i mean when you have a luddite writing about the dangers of technology you have a problem yeah. uh, <laughs> also watching people type ridiculously boring uh oh man uh, i'll really, tell you really, what really really boring um <laughs> really dull uh I don't know. I, I, I know that I sound like I hate this episode, and I really don't think I didn't like it. It's just that I'm bored. Um, and I know that we just spent, like, 45-plus minutes talking about it, but I'm just bored. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it strange that I'm defending this episode. It's weird. Um, yeah, I was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> based on the text message I got after you'd finished it, where I was like, have you oh, watched the episode yet? I, I, oh, absolutely. The, the the teaser is still the best part of this episode. Um the 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 preview for the rings of Akaton, uh awesome i can't wait for that next week i'm pumped yeah. i didn't i didn't love it the first time but watching it the second time i was like you know what I'm when was the last that. time we went to an alien planet on doctor who let's be honest and, uh, asylum asylum of the daleks with, with for an extended period of time well see asylum, asylum of, the daleks, of the daleks i don't <laughs> see i don't really count that i don't is, is that wrong that i don't count that because there's no, no culture there so i don't no. count it no, it's I mean, they could have done the same thing in abandoned factory like mm-hmm. um, so no, I just mean like like the last time we went to an alien planet with culture and everything uh, uh, girl who waited. Girl yeah, who waited. yeah, I guess that was the last time. Yeah. Um, also, before people come up and start hating me for um, the Moffat thing, I'll mention one other thing. Uh, <laughs> Moffat's three years into his run. Uh, mm-hmm. 
And we talk about him repeating himself a lot. And I was thinking about it in terms of Russell T. Davies. I'm like, okay, well, did Russell T. Davies repeat himself a lot? And I suppose he did repeat himself a bit. But looking at what Davies was churning out in, like, his fourth season, his fourth season saw him churning out Turn Left and Midnight. Um, I don't think Moffat has a Turn Left or a Midnight left in him. I feel like the guy is barely holding on to his own sanity at this point. Like... Mm. Just and and that's well. I mean, he that's... just now he now he only does event episodes. Like when was the last time he he wrote like a small episode? He doesn't do it anymore. He only writes events. Beast below. Yeah. Like, See, that was the last below. time. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And compare. I mean, compare it to Davies. And like, if you want to know why I like Davies more, I mean, it's because Davies was pushing. Davies was constantly pushing himself, whereas Moffat like. Moffat, I, it's not that I don't think Moffat's pushing himself, but I just, I feel like he's just not ambitious anymore. Mm-hmm. There is no ambition to what he's doing. He's just like, ah, they're in the Wi-Fi. Ah, spoonheads. I mean, I could even hear the argument that Time of Angels was the last time because it was, it was just an episode. But even then, like, that's not that long after Beast Below. <laughs> like, it's still it's a two-parter. Still, yeah. Like, well, but, but, I mean, a two-parter doesn't necessarily mean an event episode. It just, it's just a sure. two-parter. Um sure. But I mean, well, that was that was the last time where he did an episode that didn't feed into the overarching story of the season. You know? Uh, sure. No, I, I I could I could see that. Yeah. And Still, that's series five. Like that yeah, is early exactly. series five, which is and and technically, I think the second thing he wrote for the show. Um, Ugh. I also think I also think it's worth pointing out, um, and this is a, another slight nitpick problem. Um, <laughs> but looking back at what Moffat did really great in the past. And let's take uh, Girl in the Fireplace and um, Silence in the Library and Blink as examples. Uh, Those stories are all based on really sentient but crazy creatures that cannot be reasoned with. Mm -hmm. And Moffat keeps creating these uh, really cool creatures. Like, let's take the silence, for example. Um, The silence is like this really cool idea. But then you put people behind the silence and Moffat doesn't know how to write people. And it just kind of falls apart. <laughs> I feel like the Spoonheads are really emblematic of that because, like, if it was just like Spoonheads in the Wi-Fi, they're like they're like creatures are in the Wi-Fi. It's like no, it's a evil con- corporation conglomeration people behind this whole thing. Moffat just can't do good stories about people villains. Like he just he just kind of can't. And mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, you put condition. a pi- you put a you put an eye patch on on the on the woman, and th- that's the main antagonist in this, and it's like. I mean, she's just the head of the silence. I mean, it's the same person. Yeah. And it's, and I mean, it's just like those characters are not like why he keeps doing those characters Mm -hmm. when clearly (laughs) he's more interested and better at the, the unknowable. Clearly Moffat has some mother issues. He needs to work out. (laughs) Clearly. Um, (laughs) Oh God. Um, (laughs) Like why he insists on doing me like, human villains is just beyond me like it just doesn't make sense like Mm -hmm. it's just like it's just like do what you're interested in don't do what you you're expected to do Uh um that's why i i'm i'm i i used to want to see what his master would be like and now i'm glad that he's never done it and there's no sign of it ever happening because i think it would be a disaster yeah. Well, I mean, the great intelligence is really just a perfect marriage of the two, so long as it just re- remains being this 
great intelligence. Like, <laughs> so long as it doesn't have Richard E. Grant as the figurehead, lol, uh, we sh- <laughs> we won't have a problem. Um, but that's the thing, and like the reason that the other stories are really clever is because he comes up with clever solutions. The solution in this is make Spoonhead turn her into a thing, and then uh, do the iPad app thing. Which, by the way. It's just the biggest cop-out ending ever, where he literally just changes the thing so the guy gets a conscious and shuts it down. Like, really? Like, really? Nah, that was set up. It's fine. It's set up, but it's still just the thing where it's like a guy pushes a button and there's no real cleverness to it. But it Anyone who up. had that iPad could have done it. Well, the cleverness was already in the robot double, um, which, huh, funnily enough, uh, better execute. That, there's a, there is an instance of Moffat repeating himself and executing it better. Hmm. We're, Look at that. Broken clocks right twice a day, man. Broken Look at clocks that. Right twice a day. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a better executed robot double. I actually liked that. Um. So I'm I'm glad that he repeated himself in that instance because I was like, oh, redemption. Look at that. Good work. Well, I mean, I can't I can't argue that. My thing is just uh is uh is just uh, the the key difference here is that this wasn't it wasn't the hinge point for an entire season. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Which is why it's better. Um, why it's better. But yeah, no, I don't I, – I think that's why that was so easy is because it was set up, one. And two, uh, it was it was not meant to be the clever bit. Sure. So I don't know. I was fine Also, restorative factory settings, terrifying. <laughs> that is terrifying. 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 No one yeah. wants to do that. Yeah. No one wants to I'm do that. I'm also questioning I, – I, I also question – what exactly got sucked into the cloud uh, of her personality if she's not really her? I don't know. That mm. was weird. Or is it Or is it a thing where it's like they were still them, but they, they had gone through lots of stuff, and by returning to factory settings, it returned them to the point in their – in their brain place where they met the great intelligence? Is that what yes, they were it's saying? Yes, that one. It's okay. That one. All right, so then that's fine. Never mind. Yeah, get it together, Scott. Well, sorry. I guess I just didn't <laughs> fully understand. It wasn't clear. No, it's fine. No, okay. it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's a Moffat story. It doesn't have to be clear. <laughs> All right. So uh, we've got we've got something else to talk about um, in a second. So stay tuned. Uh, before we move on to it, uh, we're going to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, and anything else you can get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five and flat rate shipping, so thanks to DCBService.com. Okay, so uh, a new ebook hit, uh, Spe- the Doctor Who, the Spear of Destiny, um, which is a third Doctor uh, ebook written by Marcus Sedgwick. Uh, it is uh, basically the Doctor versus uh, Norse mythology um, and the Master, uh, and it's it's weird because like. I read this and I felt when I when I when I was finished, I was like, okay, I I I see how that works as a third Doctor story structurally, like it's all there. But reading it, it never once felt like the third Doctor era to me at all. Um, in fact, for a lot of it, it felt more like until the Master showed up, it felt more like a Hartnell era story, like a historical hmm. or something. Hmm. Um, 
I just it never it never strike me as uh, third Doctor era, and it, I don't think that Marcus Sedgwick had the voices down quite right. It was the it's the it's the first one that really fell off to me. Um, I don't know. What did you think? I loved this. <laughs> I loved this. This was easily my favorite of the three we've read, hands down. Uh, loved this. This was great, and I I don't know. I I get the I get why it feels like it's not a third Doctor story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really felt like a third Doctor story to me. For one thing, I really heard uh John Pertwee's voice in here a lot. Um, hmm. which is hard to do because you know you're basically writing a dude, not a character. Right. The third Doctor was a guy. It wasn't a construct of of someone's imagination. Right. John um, Pertwee was playing himself. Yes. Uh, so I did hear a lot of his voice in this, and I even heard um, uh, Delgado's master in places. Uh, the Brigadier's cameo felt like the Brigadier, and Joe's voice mostly sounded like Joe's voice. Um, this felt like a third Doctor story because it had a lot of the trappings of a third Doctor story, but also with a very modern sensibility. The idea that you're traveling from the present back to Norse, Norse mythology times felt like a Moffat sort of conceit, um, which mm-hmm. I don't... I don't mind when it's done really well. Like this was done really well and uh, was very packed with that sort of uh, structure was really interesting, but like it felt, it felt like a third doctor story because, because it feels like a missing third doctor story. The, the Pertwee era did two stories that were based on mythology. The first was the demons and we've talked about both of them now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. The first was the demons, which was based on pagan mythology. And then the time um, monster. And the Time Monster, which was based on Greek mythology. And this just felt like it slotted right in with Norse mythology, which was really interesting. Hmm. I loved the Master reveal um, because, you know, it's not a third Doctor story without the Master. And I was like, I was like I'll bet you that Frey guy's the Master. I'll bet you anything. That's, the, that's what's <laughs> going on. Um, uh, I love the modern setting uh, at the beginning. I, <laughs> even though they did say, it's 1973, just a couple more times. Like, see, I'm in the third Doctor era. Like, it's just like, hang on. Yeah, they, they, that, I think that was a big uh, point of contention for me was like how they kept uh, saying there was a lot of previously on going on. Um, they're like, so doctor, when you were uh, abandoned by your species and, and, and forced to live on earth and, and become our scientific advisor, uh, did you ever think that, uh, you would be doing this thing? And he's like, no, I never thought I would when this happened and this happened. And I was like, okay, this is, uh, it's a little stiff. (laughs) Sure. And I agree. I think that that's the, that's the thing about looking at these, um, about these three that we've looked at so far. Um, Alan Colfer, Michael Scott, and Marcus Hedrick all really feel the need to, to prove their, their who cred as fans. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they don't need to do that because this had, this just felt like a third doctor story. I mean, they're even kidnapped like, and just captured for an extended period of time, <laughs> which is really just like that. And what it really felt like is, you know, it's broken into like 12 mini chapters. I suppose it's like 40 pages, but it's got 12 chapters. Um, it felt like a very condensed six part story. Like it felt mm-hmm. to me like, like very much like you kind of start, like the time monster in one place and kind of end in a completely different place. Yeah, um, that's true. Cause you start with the hot, with the heist and then you end in a uh, big uh, Norse mythology story, um, yeah, which is weird. Which was, 
Which uh, was great. Yeah. Um, I, I loved that. And I, I, loved... I did like that the master reveal happened halfway through, too, which is every yeah. master story. <laughs> yes, it was so perfect. Because um, cause they figured it out, like, so clever. Um, and then, of course, I mean, the, the idea of this spear was really interesting as an idea. My one problem then becomes Sedgwick's complete desire to make me understand every facet of it and then have unification theory beyond that where he's like this is the spear that hitler stole in poland it was also the spear of the norse mythology and it was also the spear that uh that stabbed christ in the side to kill him to make sure that he was dead after he was hung on the cross like uh doesn't need to be an all-purpose spear um i have i generally have problems when things try to do too much with one basic concept um but i i love this i thought it was action-packed it was it moved really quickly it had a lot of great character moments and it was just really really wonderful it was um, the pacing on it uh, of the writing marcus sedgwick really knows how to uh pace a pace a a novel like it was yeah it was it was paced really really well because it it was almost paced like a screenplay if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense oh yeah tons Uh, of dialogue tons and tons of tons of dialogue and all of the action was just like this and then this and then this and then that and was all very short concise sentences which i liked Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's clear that, you know, these novels are not just written from getting Doctor Who from new perspective, but also a way of selling books mm-hmm. like it's because it starts with about the author and then other works by this author. Now that you've read that, let's take you into some Doctor Who. Um, Cedric is the only one of the three that we've read so far where I'm like interested in his YA book work, like just actually interested, just yeah. like, oh, I could definitely go see myself checking out one of your books because I like the everything about this so much yeah um yeah uh, which was which was really really great um and i love the i love the soup like i love how debonair it is like the part where the doctor kind of maneuvers around so that the guy throws so that the 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 odin character throws the spear at him and he just sneaks into the tardis and walks out i was just like oh that's pertwee right there like <laughs> that is that is pure like he just like walks he just steps in and joe's just like no and then he just walks out holding the spear just like what's up (laughs) yeah like that was that's see when you when you say that like i don't know i think i was picturing this in my brain place with a much larger budget and maybe that was part of my problem Hmm. um with with uh fitting it into the pertwee era because i'm thinking Hmm. like norse mythology and i'm thinking like I'm I'm just thinking a much larger budget than what Pertwee usually had, um, <laughs> and so that's I think that's what that was uh, that's what was uh, throwing me off. Uh, plus, I haven't seen a great many Pertwee travels in the TARDIS stories. Like most of the Pertwee stories I've seen have been heavily unit based, and the fact that this wasn't kind of throws me off a little too. Sure. Um, so I'm just maybe I'm just not in, as in. Uh, as in on on Pertwee stories as as you are having seen every Doctor Who story ever, um, mm-hmm. and maybe that's part of my problem. Maybe if I revisited this after I've seen more Pertwee, uh, I would enjoy it more. Uh, yeah, I ch- I challenge you to do that um, because this like this just like I was watching this and just like oh this is a guy who loves the era. This is a guy who gets the era. This is a guy who just tells like a really great Pertwee story that also is a great Doctor Who story mm-hmm. that's just really fun and really exciting. Like you I, I I'm I'm really surprised you didn't like this as much as you did. Um because I thought you were gonna love this. Uh, and I and I walked into this just like okay, they're pulling a heist and then it just I was just enraptured. I could not <laughs> well I knew this. as soon as the mythology stuff which showed up you would be into it, but Heck yeah. Yeah that's your that's your bag. That is your bag. 
Um, So uh, uh, we find out Tuesday, uh, the day after this episode gets released, we find out who's doing the fourth Doctor story, which I'm excited for because if there was ever, if they were going to put a a stunt writer on the book, it would be on fourth Doctor and probably not again until ninth or tenth Doctor. So. Uh, I'm really excited to see who they get for Fourth Doctor, and God, I really hope it's it's him and Sarah Jane. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. I just well, I, I just want it to be him and Sarah Jane so bad. I think it's really I think it'll be really interesting to to look at and read, and we're not going to cover it like next week. Well, we won't be able to cover it until it actually gets released. Um, yeah, so like is, we're we're looking like four or five episodes from now. So probably probably when we're in Chicago, actually, oh, like yeah. that's probably like when we should probably cover this, especially because I'll that's probably have right. to read it on the plane, which would be great. Yeah, um, that's about right. B- but looking at it, like I'm really interested because you know. Fourth Doctor could be anything. Like, Third Doctor, you have a pretty good idea what you're going to get. Second Doctor, you have a pretty good idea what you're going to get. But Fourth Doctor, man, you could be a Hinchcliffe Holmes Fourth Doctor. You could be, like, a a, a, a pre-Douglas Adams Fourth Doctor. It could be Douglas Adams, or it could be, like, a, a Bidmead Fourth Doctor. Like, yeah. there's a lot you could do. I don't want... I want Hinchcliffe Holmes, personally, but... I, I my, my theory is there's no way it can't be because they didn't do Sarah Jane here, and there's no way they do a book without Sarah Jane. There's no way. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, And that... Oh, man. A Robert Holmes send-up. Bring that on. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. Pumped. And they're announcing that tomorrow based on when this episode's coming out. So, yeah. Good stuff. So psyched. Uh, all right. So speaking of things we're psyched about. See, ne- I can like Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, the rings of Akatan or Akaten, um, or some other pronunciation that we'll find out next week. Uh, apologies in advance. If you listen to this uh, after watching the episode, they're like, you're like, Haha, he's pronouncing it wrong. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a hell of a word, you guys. It is. Um, so the rings of uh, the rings of Akaton, uh next week. Pumped, pumped. Can't wait. Um, all right, guys. We'll 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 see you then. But in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Twitter.com/slash Scott Corelli. Also Twitter.com/slash Scott Commentary, where I live tweet thoughts about the things I'm watching from time to time. Um, also, uh, check out our other podcast, the mind robber, uh, the mind robbers, uh, our, our flagship podcast where we talk about things that we're, we're watching, um, enjoying, or sometimes not enjoying, uh, at the time. Um, and then, uh, also the mind robbers versus where we're doing, uh, versus Batman, the animated series currently. Uh, if you like that, uh, go check that out. It's short. They're short, short bursts. They're, each episode runs between uh, 10 and 25 minutes generally. There's a few uh, extra long ones there um, every once in a while, uh, but uh, there's a reason for it usually. Um, <laughs> Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gungadin. Also, my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary, where I live tweet things like Smash and the OC and sometimes Fast Five. I hope you were around for that. Um, <laughs> but I did not. I did not do that movie justice, and I apologize. Um, but <laughs> you can do that. Also, like Scott said, uh, the one that I really want you to look at and listen to is Mind Robbers Versus, which is our. My, it's my. It's one of my favorite things that we're doing right now. I love it, and 
I mean, Scott didn't mention it, but we're doing Superman soon. Um, yeah. In just, a couple, in just a couple short weeks, we're going to be doing Superman. Uh, and then on the other side of Superman, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. I'm sure you watch those. If you haven't, now's a great time to watch them. And then on the other side of that, Veronica Mars. And even after that, stuff that's going to be great. So mm-hmm. really should be listening to it. Um, because I promise if you disagree with us about Doctor Who, I'm sure you don't disagree with us about, you know, all things. Um, yeah. Uh, we gotta we gotta have some things in sync so look for that it'll be great uh, alright guys we'll talk to you next week with the rings of Akaton bye uh, uh, bye <laughs> <laughs>